Welcome to the Assemblée Dance Studio podcast, your go-to source for bite-sized lessons in growing and running your dance studio. I'm your host, Claire O'Shea, and I'm a dance studio owner and business coach, helping you grow your dance studio simply and successfully so you can reach more students, grow your business, and become the go-to dance studio in your area. Want to join me in an epic strategy and growth masterclass this January? I'm hosting two masterclasses targeted to planning your biggest, most organized year yet. For more info, head to assemblydancestudiocoaching.com forward slash January workshops or head to our socials for more info. Now sit back, relax and enjoy the show. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of my episodes released weekly. Hi guys, it's Clara Shea here and welcome back to another episode of the Assemblée Dance Studio Coaching Podcast. Today, I'm so excited to be joined by my studio manager and marketing manager, Miss Mariah is here as always. Hi guys. And then the wonderful Miss Nick, my studio manager is joining us for the a couple of episodes. Hello. So today we are going to talk to Nick about, I guess, how to, how you as a studio owner can find the perfect studio manager. And whilst uh, not obviously everyone is perfect, <laughs> I don't want to make Nick, you know, feel like she's too special or anything. <laughs> Stay humble. Um, I don't know if everyone will get the Australian humour, but like that was just teasing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was just joking. <laughs> um, but we are going to chat today about how we met, how it got started and Nick's responsibilities and how... Uh, it works for us on a day-to-day and a yearly basis and you know things that we think we need to work on and things that we would potentially change and I guess tips and tricks for you as a studio owner to find a studio manager that's going to be right for you. So that's what we're going to do in today's episode. So let's jump straight in. So Miss Nick is joining us. She is my studio manager at Dance Energy, um, but she's joining us in the podcast today to help I guess you guys get to know her and how our relationship works and I guess to give you tips and tricks if you don't have a studio manager currently and that's something you would like to do or whether you have a studio manager and you're just sort of looking to improve that the relationship that you have. So for, I don't, Nick's never been on the podcast. I know I've spoken about her um, quite a bit and I might have just said my studio manager. I think I've said yeah. Um, but I guess from your perspective, how did we meet? Um, so it was back in, it was end of 2017, start of 2018, so a few years ago now, and I taught a workshop at a, another studio nearby, and one of Claire's lovely students decided she wanted me to be her teacher, um, and so from there I had, actually I don't think we even had an interview, did we? Cause I think I, I needed you as like relief pretty yeah, quickly. Yeah, I was relief for a term mm. when someone was on a uni placement. That's right. So we needed the whole term covered. Um, yeah, so I came in at the start of 2018 and then that was, yeah, that was where we started. And you were, but you were pretty young. You were yeah. first year out of school when we, you yeah. first started teaching. So yeah. that's what, 17 turning yeah. 18. Yeah, you were pretty young. So, and that was the start of your teacher journey as well? Yeah. 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 Perfect. That was, yeah, so that was 2018 and then Nick worked, I guess, casually for me for the next two years and then 2020 happened <laughs> and uh, we, in case you guys are not from Australia, we had this incredible thing come in from the government called JobKeeper. So essentially the government paid me to pay my staff to be able to work so I didn't have to fire everyone, which was a real treat. Um, but it also, there was a couple of weird things in terms of 
the rules and regulations and they got this block amount of money no matter how many hours and that was sort of what you had to do. But Nick had shown interest in doing extra work and learning more behind the scenes and during COVID I had nothing, well I had a lot of time basically um, to put into training Nick and other staff members as well and basically again the government paid me for a year to train Nick which was just like crazy because like you would never get that opportunity not that you wouldn't have picked it up but quick anyway but it was really just an opportunity that came up that we I don't think anticipated at the time and Nick had another casual job in retail as well which you know I think you enjoyed but it wasn't no she didn't (laughs) She shook her head. (laughs) Not my journey. (laughs) Yeah, so I guess I don't even remember how we started talking about it. Like, how do you remember? Um, I think so. Nick has a bit of a a voice issue at the moment. She went to a music festival. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. Um, Yes, I think it was we, yeah, throughout COVID, when we switched to online, there was just a whole lot of extra work with editing and filming and pre recording to. Um, kind of match up with, you know, still charging regular fees and what the kids were getting. Um, So that workload kind of picked up there. And then towards the end when we were sort of coming out of the lockdowns and transitioning back into classes um, was when I first picked up, like, the performance team aspect of things. Um, So we started with that and that was when I took on the performance team director for teaching. Yeah, Nick is our performance team director as well as studio manager. Yeah. Um, and then from there, things just started getting busier. We got back into classes, numbers were growing again, and that's when we kind of sat down and thought, okay, this is what we've been doing. This is how we can continue that and improve. And at the end of 2020, I was pregnant and knew mm. I'd be taking maternity leave in 2021. Yeah. So that was also something – it was just – really good timing but I remember the initial conversation was you're like oh we're thinking about maybe having a baby and then two weeks later you're like I'm pregnant (laughs) okay so it's happening (laughs) I think I was probably already pregnant but maybe I just didn't know it for sure or maybe Mm. I did I honestly don't remember (laughs) 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 maybe that's like when I told you guys like yeah we already know (laughs) but I was trying to be I don't know I was my first baby. Um, so that's a little bit, I guess, how it started. So that is not a traditional way to find a studio manager and obviously something that can't be replicated at the moment. But I guess for studio owners or, um, you know, teachers who are interested in, in, in going into that role, I guess from your perspective as a teacher, if, if that's something that someone would be interested in doing, like w- what would be your suggestion for them to, you know, either speak to their studio owner or to sort of start building up the skills to be able to do it mm-hmm. what would you suggest be the first step um first step I think the most important thing is just listening and observing so for me at the time I was working at a few different studios and there wasn't many others that had these kind of systems and different roles in place so for me personally I didn't realize it was a possibility until I had that conversation with you so okay. I think that sort of yeah first initial thing is opening up and saying this is something I'm interested in Mm -hmm. what's available what roles are there Mm -hmm. what do you need more support with as well because that's essentially where you're going to pick up work is where someone needs help Mm -hmm. rather than creating extra things it's kind of finding what's there first yeah and then I guess from a studio owner's perspective as well when you're looking at your team members there will be people that you think of straight away when you're thinking of your teachers who are the ones who are you know wanting to go the extra mile, who are willing to help, who who show 
an ease maybe with talking with parents or, you know, the one that you get really good feedback from your students. So there's just, there will be someone when I'm saying those things that you'll just be thinking of that keeps popping into your mind. Like who would you trust to look after the studio or an event for a weekend if you couldn't be there? Um, And then obviously from that point, you can then scale and increase that role. Um, Yeah, so that would be my sort of first thing. Like when Nick started with me, like I said, she was 17 or 18 and at this point now, and I've said it to Nick all the time, so this is not, but like I never anticipated like that. Well, because Nick was 17, you weren't meant to be (laughs) all-knowing and mature, but Nick is very mature for her age. Um, But at the time, again, we just, we had just that sort of casual teaching relationship. So it wasn't something that I think either of us were really thinking about at the time. Um, But it was really, really, it worked out well. (laughs) 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 Uh, Good. So we talked about, I guess, how the relationship started, what I guess we talked about, uh, what were the first sort of roles that you started to do. So what actually the first role I gave Nick was performance team director, which I actually would recommend anyone doing if you have a large performance uh, aspect to your studio, because what it ends up being is a sort of a little mini studio in itself. There is uh, entries for competitions, there is extra rehearsals, there's costumes, there's events. So there's like, you know, mini concerts happening a couple of times a year on a smaller scale. There's parent issues and parent feedback and student issues with class placement and routine stuff and there's choreography. There's everything that goes into the larger scale of running a studio in this smaller scale more niche group and as a part of that those people in your performance teams are generally also your best customers they are the ones that are doing multiple classes a week they're doing solos they're doing all of that extra stuff so you really do and should be putting in extra care into keeping them happy and feeling involved and included so that's how we first started and yes I would have had some systems and things in place but in general I think you know learning on the job as you go and you've uh, added in the own way your own ways that you do things so what was did you find that to be a good introduction into sort of running other things in on a larger scale? Yeah for sure I think having um, as you said like a very specific niche of um, you know the emailing systems and calling people and organising private lessons and things kind of helped when we rolled over into the studio manager and managing it on a broader scale as well. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I think it worked really well and I think that it's something, like I said, that then can be added to. So often I know when I speak with studio owners, they feel this this unease or guilt, I'm not sure, but they don't want to hand off or they don't feel like they can trust someone or they don't want to essentially relinquish control over things and I don't you don't have to give up everything all at once but once you start to kind of teach someone how to do something on a smaller scale you can add tasks and then sort of grow your role and figure out where your capacity is as well because Nick has a large uh, teaching and management role so there's only still so much that she can get done in a week so it's not like I'm at home just being like oh my god I just love laying on the couch like there is still things that I have to do every day and again as our team grows my responsibilities and and there's something I'll get into in a a different episode but my responsibilities and jobs keep changing and so it's something that we um, come back to and we keep assessing and I'm sort of I quite I hope quite often asking like what's working what's not working do you need more help 
what like what don't you like doing anymore can can you know we give that to someone else but it could be something that you don't like but someone else loves like you just never know what that's going to be so um I guess if you were to kind of now at this point in 2022 in December uh what are you you still our performance team director but we are putting um some things in place for you to have people under you so like a performance team manager essentially uh potentially to offhand that whole role in the future but maybe not we'll see Mm -hmm. um what what is your what would you consider like what do you do as a studio manager I know it's like hard to sort of wrap (laughs) that up but what's like your main responsibilities um I think mainly is just kind of liaising with you guys mm-hmm. as well. So kind of streamlining things, um, events for the studio, anything that's coming up in terms of like exams or mm. um, still those extra performance events and things like that. Then we've got um, regular kind of admin stuff, helping Crystal when she needs a bit of help reaching out to people. I think especially since we've grown so much this year, mm. kind of narrowing down that workload of yeah. how long things take mm. has been tricky <laughs> Nick and I have make always a lot of jokes that we both have a pretty bad idea of how long a task will take and we both always say oh 20 minutes for sure like <laughs> just like now it's sort of a joke but I often think we do think that something will take 20 minutes that doesn't mm. um Mariah's just sitting there shaking her head <laughs> <laughs> so that's sort of a little bit of a joke as well yeah. and again it's sort of with Mariah I think Nicola uh, and I are very similar in some ways, a little bit scatterbrained, sometimes forgetful, easily distracted. <laughs> it's like a report card. Yeah. <laughs> You're not that bad. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean like on a small scale, like yeah. you would say, and yeah. we've talked about this, yeah. that we that's sort of what we, we don't consider, like we get stuff done, but I, I find, and this is, but we've talked about this, so this is why I feel like I can say it about you. Um, but that's why we sort of now Mariah has sort of come in to do a bit more of like integration and like mm-hmm. remind us and follow things up because she is like very date orientated, very like task orientated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you like to know that it's being done. Yeah. So Mariah mm-hmm. gets a bit stressed thinking, oh no, like <laughs> someone's forgotten this, which I, I don't, I don't care. I don't worry about that. So that's mm-hmm. why it's good for you got to figure out what your strengths and weaknesses are and you as as a studio owner and the studio manager and whatever roles there are in your studio not one person is going to be good at everything mm. so I feel like you you can't sort of define a role and then just be like this is what this person is oh sorry well you could but I just don't I think you might be disappointed mm. so I feel like it's best to kind of look at the person that you want and know that's so fantastic and then to kind of create the role you know there's some things that have to get done no matter what and that's just an obvious Mm. um and there's some things that potentially you know it's not your favorite thing to do but you don't really have a choice Mm. um or it's just a part of your job but I do think if as as a studio owner if you can kind of tweak and keep coming back to the people who are in your management team it's it's the best way to continue to keep those people happy not have a high turnover of jobs and like obviously you can't keep people forever and that's fine but I feel like that's the best way to essentially tweak and change your role would you agree a hundred percent definitely yeah well Mara and I were having a chat at lunch about like past jobs and Mm. things that (laughs) that didn't you know that I'm always interested because this is only what I've ever done and I guess like 
when I'm thinking like, you know, I'm, I don't, I never say like, but I, I guess I'm the boss, but you know, when I'm talking with you guys and having these things, like this is the first time normally that's happened to me as well. Like this is the first time I'm dealing with this or this is the first time I'm doing that. So I have to kind of learn to help you guys learn as well. And like, just amusing. I was telling Mariah that Nick asked for a um, performance review <laughs> and I was like, Mariah, I've never done one of those before. I'm going to have to Google <laughs> like what you do. And like, I was, everyone thinks it's funny that Nick is, uh, like, I feel like we just sort of have a casual performance review all the time, yeah. but Nick, Nick would like a more formal one, which is fine, but I need to figure out <laughs> what that involves. Just more like a, like a end of the year wrap oh, up. Year yeah. in review chat. Year in review. This is what oh, we could no, have done. Mariah wants this one too, do you? <laughs> I think I want Mariah to give me mine. Oh, <laughs> she would be a bit more strict. <laughs> I, we always joke as well because like I ask for feedback all the time and I feel like I'm open to feedback, which I am. You are. But you guys just don't like to give it that much. So one time I did like an anonymous Google <laughs> form and like no one was putting in the feedback. And then so I kept being like, hey guys, just like a reminder. And then I think one person did and I just knew it was Mariah straight away. <laughs> Even though it was anonymous, I just knew it was her straight away. It was so funny. But I, I really appreciate that. Um so I guess on a regular basis, how do we work together day to day? So we communicate via Slack, via ClickUp mm-hmm. and in person. Yeah. So we we all, again, I don't, um, and this is a personal thing, I don't, as long as the all of the you guys are at your classes when you have to be, <laughs> I don't mind if they work from home or from a, from a cafe or wherever. I'm not... I don't have tabs. You don't have to be there at nine. That's sort of not, that's not, I don't care. So like they have appointments during the week and they, as long as they mostly will be like, oh, I'll be off for a couple of hours. See you later. I'm like, okay, bye. Like have a good time. So that's sort of the flexibility that I have. That's not for everyone. Mm. And again, for some roles, that's not possible. But so how do we, I guess, in your words, work together on a, on a weekly-ish basis? Um, well, we do our weekly meeting every Monday, which is very helpful. We're also going to do an episode about that. <laughs> Stay tuned. Yes. <laughs> um, I think it's a good way that we start the week because we do all have very, very differing schedules. Like mm. even Mariah and I don't teach at the same places on the same days. You and I have maybe Mondays. Yes. For a little bit. Yeah, been on opposite rooms. Yeah, opposite rooms. And then, like, Crystal's obviously in reception, sometimes at Cloundra, sometimes Maruchidor. So we talk about Crystal a bit. Crystal is, like, the fourth member of our... Awesome fourth. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, that's what we call call our group chat. (laughs) It's embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But Crystal is, like, very shy. She would never come on. She wouldn't come on the podcast. She wouldn't. Well, she would if I said... You have to. Yeah, but she (laughs) wouldn't enjoy it, so we just leave. leave (laughs) Um, But that's... Crystal is our office manager, so she does all the bookend, email, phone call type of stuff. So, we, but we very that's also the backbone of what we mm-hmm. do. So we, that's yeah. why when we there's the four of us, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, so we do find time often, just communicating as you said via Slack and ClickUp that we're all on at the same time, which is good. Usually closer to when we've got important deadlines and things coming up when we're doing our checklist and checking mm-hmm. off. Okay, has this been done? Has these socials been set up? Has this yeah. group been emailed and things like that? Um, um, just check in with each other because we do often work on tasks where we're working on the same task but different areas. So mm. my role might be coordinating teachers for a workshop or a holiday camp. Mariah's might be checking numbers so that it can go ahead and then, you know, liaising with Claire for budget and things like that as well. 
I agree. Um, and then I guess there's two more questions I had about sort of your role. From my perspective, like we've written a note here, at what point should you get a studio manager? And for me, definitely when we sort of started this journey with Nick, like financially it really wasn't an option and it was only because I said, like mm. I said, we had this weird, amazing initiative that allowed me not to go bankrupt and it just sort of for some reason was even – it gave more money, which was odd in itself. But it was just a really – it was just a great time – not COVID, obviously, <laughs> but I mean this sort of the timing for us um, and knowing that I, like I said, was pregnant and going to be off. I thought like, I thought for like a full six months, but I don't think it ended up being a full six months. Um, but it was a, probably at least a term where I wasn't really around. Like I would check in with you every few days, but I wasn't, I wasn't there definitely. Um, so that for me, so Either I think you need to be sort of at a point where you either can't take more on your schedule, you are looking to hire someone anyway because, you know, you have the budget to or potentially, um, you know, you've already maybe reduced your teaching load. You can't get any more admin hours in a day. Your family situation, your personal situation might have changed. You don't want to work every day or every weekend anymore and so you do sort of need another person that you can trust who is in charge that you can essentially maybe split the responsibilities so although this year I've been to every competition with Nick last year when I had Goldie I just there was you know I was breastfeeding and she's a baby I I couldn't leave her for more than a couple of hours sometimes or she didn't want to be at a dance competition for 12 hours a day so I have and I to to be fair I would love to not come sometimes and if I have a trip or something um that that was always a plan but if I'm home I like to go now because I like to see the kids and you know do do the thing um but that sort of sort of you know if you're either sort of so strapped for time or um you your situation is probably personally changing that would be when I would say is the best time to look and I think if you can definitely looking in-house finding someone who is already a great part of your team that you want to essentially promote would be a great place to start but if not you could sit down and sort of write a role what you imagine it to be and it doesn't have to be full-time to start off with like Nick does work full-time now but uh, the, the last question I have is sort of her kind of explaining sort of how much teaching she does versus admin and you know, that might be more teaching at the start and less admin and then you can either slowly try and figure out what's that sweet spot um, for you. And I have friends who have studio managers who, uh, you know, have a much higher teaching hourly and much smaller management. But for us, it doesn't, it wouldn't work that way. So it it really is, again, personalised, but something to consider. Um, But I guess, again, my last question to you is like, with your teaching versus admin, I guess what... What do you sort of roughly do at the moment, just so our listeners are aware? Um, so this year, I think it's it's been roughly, I would say probably a third of the time teaching. Mm-hmm. I do about probably 15 to 17-ish hours a week. Split across <coughs> four, four days. days. Yeah. yeah, and then that's including like mornings for our preschool classes as well. True. Um, but yeah, and then so then still Monday to Friday working in the daytime, yeah. teaching in the Arvos. Fridays we try and have a bit more flexible for you at the moment um, because if we have like a weekend comp, we, you know, Nick should have Friday off and 
doesn't often, but that's more her issue, not me. (laughs) That will be on her performance review. (laughs) Um, But there's things like that. And, you know, again, when we started at the start of the year, we didn't have our second location. So there was a couple of things I had to sort of say to Nick, oh, I really need you here. Um, And maybe it wouldn't have been on Nick's, like, top – and not obviously you love those kids, but, like, just in terms of Nick's schedule, she probably didn't really feel like doing another late night. But it was a short-term – it's not even a pain because like you you enjoy those classes yeah. and that and that group it's just again it wasn't what we had sort of spoken about at the start of the year but I guess that's a part of it as well being flexible knowing that you know sometimes things change and you have to kind of adapt um so I think that's a bit that's done so that was a, a episode about sort of how we work together a little bit about Nick like I said we in future episodes are going to be talking about uh, a day in the life as a studio manager maybe something that you like to share with your studio manager or give you an idea uh you know when you're creating that role what you might some of the responsibilities you might give them uh mariah nick and i are also going to talk a little bit more about again about having a, a management team and what that involves and how you can start to grow your own uh we're also going to talk about our monday meeting or a weekly meeting it doesn't have to be on a monday uh, and what are the things that we cover what's worked well in terms of that and I guess some changes that we're looking to make in the new year because we're always striving to improve uh, and to, you know, make things work better for everyone um, as much as possible. So thank you so much for joining us today, Nick. Thanks for having me. Nick's, is this your first podcast interview? This is. Oh, first ever. oh how exciting. <laughs> it is exciting. And Mar- Miss Mariah's been here too. Miss Mariah, yes. Miss. Miss. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't actually call you no. Miss Mariah as much. I always call you Miss Nick. Mm. Sorry, Mariah, it's okay. Um, but we, Mariah, you'll probably hear more from in our next episode. So thank you so much for joining us today, guys. I look forward to seeing you and sp- not seeing you, speaking with you very soon. So bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Assemblée Dance Studio Coaching Podcast with your host, me, Claire O'Shea. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it on your stories on Instagram and tag the show or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Assemblée Dance Studio Coaching. Tune in next week for another episode all about helping you grow your dance studio simply and successfully so you can reach more students, grow your business and become the go-to dance studio in your area. See you then.